everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the IA Cast. My name is Michael Doeys, and I'm here with Allison Hartley. Hello. Jason Earls. Hello. Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Scott Van Gorp. Hello. We have some good topics to talk about today. It is one week till WWDC, Apple's yearly uh, developer conference, where they announce all the cool features for iOS, macOS, and Apple TV, and all the other cool devices. And that's going to be our main topic for today, but we also have our news. Jason, you have a story that you brought up before the show that I think we talked about on Team Talk before, but uh, what's going on with T-Mobile? Unfortunately, this time around, is isn't any exciting news. Apparently, back in December... A bug was found in one of the T-Mobile websites that allowed hackers to gain access to T-Mobile account information. Uh, from a previous article that I read, you were able to go to the website and then enter the phone number of the T-Mobile account you wanted to access at the end of the URL, and you essentially had access to all of the account information. An article that I found today has a statement from a T-Mobile spokesperson, and that statement reads, This bug was confidentially reported through our bug bounty program in December and fixed within a matter of hours. The, we found no evidence of customer information being compromised. But, nonetheless, I would still caution T-Mobile customers, including myself, to stay vigilant as far as your accounts are concerned, and if you have any suspicious activity or feel that you are having unauthorized access to go ahead and update your security info just to be safe. It's a pretty scary bug. Really glad I switched to Verizon, that's all I'm going to say. Well, to be fair, I'm sure that all of the carriers possibly could have had the same issue. I doubt that they've all had the same issue, but it's it potentially could. They potentially could have the no, same issue. No, that's what I was saying. I wasn't I wasn't saying that all the carriers have had it. I'm saying the potential is there for them all to have it. T-Mobile apparently has had a history of some security issues in the past, so they hopefully will get on top of their uh, security here soon. And these are all important things, guys. You know, it's important to have good, you know, computer hygiene, make sure your passwords are well, you know, saved and, and very strong passwords are used because people can get into this information and you don't want that. The problem is i think with a hack like this t-mobile like somebody could actually go in and circumvent the passwords so you would not know that your account was being hacked that's just like the comcast incident apparently people were able to hack comcast wi-fi router and passwords by entering the account person's account number and address into a comcast site that's another company i'm glad i don't use <laughs> I don't have a choice. Oof. But the workaround is not to use a Comcast router, which we aren't. So, Well, and I advise people not to use the routers that come with their ISPs because you don't get as much customization. I mean, if you're just starting out and that's what you get, then that's fine. But take some time to do some research and get your own router. It will do you good in the long run to do so. Plus, and some fight of them... the fight with your ISP right. if they don't want to turn it off fight it anyway. Right. You will get faster speeds and better range out of having your own router versus using their cable routers. I don't know why it is, but it seems to be the case. Our other bit of news is a rumor that 
relates to Apple, and that is a rumor called Project Star. Project Star, uh, we heard, was going to be like this hybrid device that would be a tablet keyboard kind of laptop hybrid uh, that would run. When, it wasn't it Mac and iOS apps, right, guys? It was a. It was supposed to run a derivative of iOS. When I read, now whether that was, I, I assumed that the derivative of iOS would be able to run Mac apps and iOS apps together. And now we're hearing today that it would be a low-cost iPhone. So we aren't sure what that is yet. So it will be interesting to know what's coming at WWDC. The other interesting bit of news that we did not mention before the show. I just remembered that we do need to mention is good luck buying a Mac right now, folks. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mac production, Mac shipping, not production, but Mac, sh- I'm assuming production too. Shipping is halted until June 6th. Yeah, good luck with that. But I am very glad because I think a lot of bad attention, a lot of negative attention has been brought to Apple lately regarding the butterfly key system. On their keyboards. And the fact that if one key breaks, you need to replace essentially the entire top case. I hope that they're planning on fixing this. Yeah, that'll be nice because I have read like several different articles talking about the issue. And I guess people are trying to get into a a class action suit over this issue, I think, right? I've heard some rumors about that. that There was an article where, I, I think it was Business Insider, where a guy had a... A G key that was broken, and he wrote the rest of the article without his G key. He didn't fix the errors, just to prove how bad it was. Yeah, that's... I guess the short version is, if you're looking into buying a new Mac, you might want to hold out until June 6th. No, Jason, if you're looking into buying a new Mac, you know. Oh, (laughs) I guess that's true. You had me going there for a minute, I was like, wait a minute, what did I say? (laughs) Well, yeah, you, you cannot buy a new Mac until June 6th. Right. So that's interesting. Have they done this before, guys? I think I they have. Know. Have they? I feel like they have. I, I don't recall. That they I don't have, remember but... if it was if I, if I it was another WWDC. I keep wanting to say WWDC. Thank you Please so don't. much, I will Siri kick Voices. You off. Or Vocalizer Voices. <laughs> I will I press the Alex magical kick button it's on so Team weird. Talk. <laughs> yeah. We we do not support the use of dub dub. Thou no. shalt not say dub dub. It's just childish. We are not scrubbing in a tub. Thank you. No. <laughs> I remember the old the unrelated, but I remember the old Braille note used to say dub 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 dot something dot Yes, com. it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I, I I do hope getting back to the topic at hand that Apple, with these apparent new Macs that we're going to be getting, does fix a lot of these issues because. They just, they should. There's clearly a problem that needs resolving, and obviously you should yep. probably resolve it. The mm. problem is the butterfly keyboard. I just hate that keyboard. I'm sorry. Oh, it's nasty. It's so nasty. I don't like how much travel it doesn't have. Yeah. Well, and there's times where if you press on the screen hard enough, it will hit the keys and cause some damage. Wait, oh. Yeah, I've oh, heard of what? that before, too. Oh, really? Dear. Yep. Like, if it's closed like if and you happen to, like, closed? put pressure on the lid? Yep. Wow. Oh that's oh not good, y'all. That's horrible. Wow, that's that's awful. So. Yeah, that's very bad. Let's hope they fix that. 
I, yeah. If they don't, I'm hanging on to my 2015 MacBook Pro as long as I possibly can. The other thing I think they need to fix, and I think we're digressing here to more of the WWDC territory, but on Who top cares? of the keyboard issue, I think they need to fix the touch bar yeah. problems. You know, if you're a voiceover user or a screen reader user, I should say, and you're a, a Windows user that uses Windows on the Mac, no F keys. Nope. They will not work. I forgot about that. And you can't use function numbers. Like, if you hit, like, function 1, does it not perform an F1? I do not know. not sure about that. That would be interesting. Didn't know that existed. That would be an existing. Yeah, when I had my touch that would be... machine, I didn't put it on the, I didn't put Windows on it. Good question. That I don't know, I don't know if it exists. Know. It was just an idea that I thought of. I doubt it, but. But either way, that's a whole yeah. part of the computer you cannot use. On Windows, yeah. And sighted people can just click the X. But if you right. are a blind person, you need Alt F4. Like, I'm a coder. I If I had a touch bar Mac, I could not code because the only way to close out a program that's running in Visual Studio without hitting the X, if you're a sighted person, is Alt F4. And you can't do it from the system menu? Uh, you, well, yeah, I probably could, but... St- I mean, I understand it's a lot longer mm, than Alt F4, obviously. That's a longer process, and it's, that's not productive. To be fair, I don't know if I'm as big of a fan of running Windows on my Mac now as I used to be, now that we've gotten the conversion to APFS and have all the weird issues I had on my Mac with space issues, and now that we can't very easily switch between operating systems anymore. <laughs> yeah. Also... kind of took all the joy out of it for me. Yeah, and... Um, my boot camp menu in my system tray keeps disappearing. Oh, weird. I am thinking about permanently removing Windows from my Mac because of that. The only reason why I have Windows on my Mac is for insider builds of Windows so I can keep my Windows machines a production machine and I can use the insider program and see what's coming up, like some of the new features that are in the latest builds for insiders that uh, we will have to get into on another episode because they are exciting. Yeah, yeah, but at least you can see your boot menu. Yeah. At least I assume it's not too small for you to see. Uh, I actually have to kind of guess. Oh. Or use magnification on my phone or some other device. And that's that's really frustrating. Also, my trackpad yeah. drivers keep disappearing. Uh-oh. All of a sudden, my trackpad that's will weird. randomly become unusable on the Windows side. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's so weird. But Mine was claiming I didn't have enough space. Well, yeah, we can get into that stuff later. Yeah, we'll get into that stuff during the next segment. But I want to go ahead and take a quick break and talk about one of the projects that I'm working on that will benefit eye accessibility. So it counts. There are so many folks out there who are first getting to use technology and who they get some training and it doesn't stick. There are folks out there who get new technology and they update their phone, and they don't know how to use it because it's different. So, to me, there is a big chasm between the folks that are expert technology users or, you know, normal technology users to the folks that are having issues getting to use it. And to help with that, I'm writing a new book that I think I've advertised on this show before. I'm not sure, but it's called Finding Success in the Digital Age through problem solving. This book is to help folks learn good techniques for solving problems so that 
anybody can become successful because that's truly what our goal as iAccessibility is, is to help anybody and everybody become successful at, the, at what they want to do. So this book is going to be written. It will come out later this year is my plan. And if you want to ask questions, we have a hashtag. It is Problem Solving Book on Twitter. So uh, check that out. And I look forward to getting feedback from our test readers and editors on what they think of the book. And we're very excited to get that to everybody later on. So we're, it's going to be really fun. All right. So on to the main point of today's episode, and that is WWDC. I wish I could go to WWDC just because of the... Me too. The, Me too. I'm in California, and I still can't afford it because it's prohibitively expensive. It is, but there's also a conference that goes on like right next door for all the people that aren't uh, fortunate enough to that's get into hilarious. WWDC called AltConf. <laughs> but even that's not cheap. But either way, I would love to go to either one of those and just learn. It would just be so amazing. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of AltConf. Yep. Is that like a non-Apple hosted Apple conference or something? Yeah. Hmm. Wasn't there one time when Microsoft had something right up against WWDC? I thought that was kind of interesting too. Probably was Build. But I'm not sure. I remember Macworld being where they announced a lot of their hardware and software. So I think WWDC has become, you know, that and the September event are kind of the events that uh, people look forward to for Apple stuff. We know there's going to be iOS 12. We know there's going to be macOS, what is it, 10.14 now? Yep. I wonder when we'll just get macOS 11. I remember when that was the rumor for... I think it was either El Capitan, no, I think it was Yosemite that was, everybody was like, oh, maybe this will be Mac OS 11, but yeah, I would agree, because it would make sense. I mean, are they are they really going to go to, like, 10 point, I don't know, 80? <laughs> like, just, it's really weird. Or maybe they could just line the iOS version numbers and Mac OS version numbers up with each other like they've done with uh, tvOS and iOS. Well, they haven't done it with watchOS yet. That's true. Because we're on That's what take four <laughs> point three point something now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be heading for WatchOS five, which I'm very excited to see. What they do. I'm waiting until I see like the minimum watch support would be the Series three. Like that would be so sad. That's going to be a few years, I think. Yeah, agreed. But I'm betting we're going to get new iPads, new iPad Pros at least. Yeah, I kind of. I'm kind of curious about those because I'm like, I, I wonder, because, you know, the big rumor about the iPads is that they're going to be sort of iPhone 10 like they're going to have Face ID, and there were some other rumors. I don't remember. Edge to edge displays. Yeah, edge to edge displays. Wasn't 3D? No, it wasn't 3D Touch. No, it was nope. the iPad. they would not put 3D Touch on an iPad. No, I, I know what I was thinking of. I was thinking of the rumor where they were like, the new iPhones aren't going to have 3D Touch. Yeah. Which Shush. I really don't agree with. If I, that becomes true, that's going to be very sad. I think new low-cost iPhones won't have 3D Touch. But I think yeah. their flagship phones will have it. Or if they get rid of it, it's because they're replacing it with something new. One of the rumors I was looking at on a couple of YouTube 
videos I was watching last night, speaking of 3D, is that we're going to be seeing a lot more 3D animations with icons in iOS 12. So that could be kind of interesting. I'm excited about that. Ooh, let's use up all the system resources and fuel the conspiracy that Apple slows down your devices intentionally to force you to buy new ones. <laughs> Ugh. I think it's interesting that, like, it's possible that the iPhone 5S still may be supported and possibly receive iOS 12. Because weren't there some sites that were saying that they saw iPhones that were iPhone 5s's that were possibly running yes. iOS 12. But the reason why that might be the case is the talk is that iOS 12 will be a bug fix version where they'll be fixing a lot of issues with the OS instead of adding a lot of new features. But I'm also seeing that features for iOS will be rolled out every three months now. So every time they bring out a mate like a 12.1 12.2 12.3 they're going to bring out new features so if That's they gonna be do that i will be a lot happier because i kind of like a more active development cycle for software because we get to test more we get to see what they're going to do mm -hmm. oh yeah and you know it's kind of like um, windows 10 it's Windows 10 is a very is a always changing platform. It changes twice a year, and so I think if Apple can take that kind of a stance, that would be great. Did you guys see the articles that were talking about the handsets Siri was giving for WWDC this year about having another new voice and all that good stuff? They're last year's hints. Yeah, exactly. It. Now, if I you ask believe... her, now if you ask her, tell me about WWDC. Apple's 2018 Worldwide Developers Conference will be held at the McEnery Convention Center in San Jose, California, from 4 the 8th of June. The McEnery Center Convention Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you get. Yeah. What no happened to Jessica to give you a hint? It's It does the whole, I don't have anything to confirm or deny that there's hint. anything. If I told you, they'd probably make me sit through product security training again. <laughs> That's one I haven't heard before. That's oh, a new nice. one. <laughs> that is a wow. new one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, that was oh, live great. on the podcast. That was not planned, folks. Yep. <laughs> well, I just I, I think it's interesting because I actually got fooled with that for a second too. And then I read that it was last year's hints, and I thought about it. I'm like, oh, my God, they're totally right. It was last year's hints. I can't believe I fell for that. And apparently, I'm not the only one since a whole new site fell for it and posted it as a story. But uh, I did hear some rumors that even though iOS may be more bug fix focused, that it is possible that Siri will start to gain more intelligence if you will in ios 12 and i really do hope that's true i mean i know a lot of people bad mouth siri and i understand the reasons why i do i get it i still use siri for things and i certainly would appreciate a more intelligent siri i just haven't completely abandoned it for you know cortana or alexa or any of the other assistants and i apologize if i activated anyone's echoes i didn't think about that trigger warning jeesh 
I'm sorry. One of the things that I want to see is the addition of default apps. If they could add any yes. feature to iOS, well, default apps and a multi-channel audio support. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. I want Google Chrome as my default browser. I have it as default on everything else. Why it cannot be my default on my iPhone is just beyond me at this point. I want Outlook to be my want... email client. Icky, no. Um, I I want, you know what I want? Text edit for iPad. Yeah, I want find yeah. like I I want more files. I want Finder features. for iPad. Like I I do too. Like they can still call it files. I don't care. I just I'm really annoyed. And another article that I read a while ago, long before we decided to record this episode, was talking about this too. You don't have nearly the amount of keyboard shortcuts for files as you do no. for Finder on the Mac. And it's it's really no, weird, no. the shortcuts that Apple decided to omit. Like, you have the, I think, I don't remember if you can enclose folders with Command Up Arrow, or if it's, you can only open folders with Command Down Arrow. But whatever it is, the opposite action, you can't do. And I want to be able to so select, dumb. I know, and I want to be able to select files using my, my shift keys and stuff like I can on the Mac, yeah. especially on a device that's supposed to be a pro device. It's supposed to be productivity. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be, you know, give me these keyboard shortcuts. Especially and with the smart keyboards. And ex exactly. And Bluetooth keyboards. Give them, give us more keyboard shortcuts. I would love for my iPad to be more like my Mac. Just without the voiceover busy feature. That'd be great. Well, yeah, you can leave busy on, <laughs> uh, you can leave busy at home. Can't get off my MacBook too. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to name the next version of Mac OS anyway? I have no idea. Not we. That'll be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had seen somewhere a couple of possible names. I just can't remember them offhand. You know, speaking about the Mac, there's something I want that the Mac has that iOS doesn't. And I don't know how many of you would agree or disagree with me on this, but I really want iOS to have third-party text-to-speech support. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I want, I, as, as weird as this sounds, I want eloquence from my iPhone. Yes, me call me an old-fashioned blindy. Call me that, blah, blah, blah. It's more efficient. That would be beautiful. Even I do if have I could have me speak from my iPhone, I would be kind of happy. Oh, yeah, no, 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 it'd be eloquence. weird, but it'd be really cool. It would be weird, I, I, but I have eSpeak on my Android. Right. And I, I do have to say, though, I don't think it would be any more responsive than Alex. But at least it would be a lot smaller. Oh yeah, this is true. Because Alex is really, really responsive. But Alex, oh my gosh, if you speed him up too much, he starts getting garbly, and you can't. Mine doesn't. At a hundred percent, I have a hard time. Like I feel like he some words he speaks faster, and others he speaks slower. It's weird. That's interesting. I don't. I know he used to break up on certain words. Like I, there was a section of my my banking app i could consistently make alex break up like team talk whenever i would have my rate set to a certain speed reading a certain Ew. word i don't remember what the word was but i think they fixed well, it it was so weird they need to fix the pronunciation of the word d-a-n apostrophe s it's not dawn alex i completely forgot wow. and how long did it take them to fix el capitan for ios <laughs> oh God. well you know what's weird is is that these speech synthesizers have been around like, I think Alex was, like, 2004, 2005? Yeah. Alex was 2005, I think. He was introduced in Leopard. 
So it's amazing. <clears throat> or was it later? I don't remember. But it's amazing how old these screen, these synthesizers are now compared to like the Siri voice, the new Siri voice. And some of the older synthesizers do better than the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Please tell really me weird. that we're not going to have Siri voice breakage problems through six betas this time. I Please, know. no. We Ugh. don't oh, need those. And that's that's something else I want. I want to be able to use the Siri voice like any other voice on my phone. I want to be able to use it with voice stream and or other apps. And I don't know if that's an Apple issue or if that's an app issue, but whatever it issue it is i really hope it gets resolved because i like that voice well i'm sorry keep I'm in sorry. mind i do like the voice keep in mind i do think it's great that we can use the voices we do in our apps because android can't yeah. nope android cannot use the google tts voices in apps that are high quality voices they have to use the compact versions i mean yeah. right. if you yeah. use third party Synthesizers, that's fine. You could use, I believe you could use those, but you cannot use the high quality Google TTS voices in your apps. Gross. And can we have pitch Apple in the voiceover rotor? Right. I mean, that's that just weird. seems like an overlook, a bug. Like, yeah, it should be there. Yes, I remember submitting that request a long time ago. As an enhancement request, I'm like, dudes, we have speech rate, we have volume, we should have pitch. We even have audio ducking, mm -hmm. which I hope they right? don't break. Right? Ugh, yeah, right. I, I'm kind of excited to have these betas, but I'm also kind of not. Because yes, 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 before people start jumping down my throat, I know they're betas. I understand that they're going to be buggy. There is no excuse, however, for the betas to be as buggy as they are when they come out, though. There's it. There's no excuse for that. Completely breaking control center, causing phones to brick themselves if you tried to take them off the beta. No, that's not okay. The phones breaking themselves is not allowable. That's that's not cool. The control center bug, I can kind of see, because it was a feature that was not finished yet. And yeah, but Sides could use it. That's the 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 Did issue is, and there were even issues some issues for for sighted users at times. The issue is is that voiceover didn't even know where it was, and because their the control center has morphed into more than just control center, and the thing to keep in mind is is that iOS is no longer a multi device like. It's not a multi-device operating system anymore. It's an operating system to fit all devices. And so the experience that you get on an iPhone is the same experience you get on an iPod and the same experience you get on an iPad. And so the control center and every other screen, notifications, lock, you know, lock screen, they all have to know what to do when they're in different configurations, orientations, and different things. If anything, it's a issue of fragmentation and for the OS to know what to do in those situations and then to make voiceover catch up to, okay, if it's like this, how do I handle this? So I think sometimes when they make these radical changes, the voiceover team 
has to then come in and say, okay, how does this work? Now, I think they should be involved throughout the whole process. I agree. Uh, but, you know, I can see why it had issues. And I don't agree with it, but I, I could, it, it makes sense to me. Because, yeah. you well, know, I, just... I want, I want a preference in iOS 12 that allows me to, whether it's a voiceover setting or whether it's an actual preference in keyboard settings, to allow me to turn off the stupid, well, okay, it's not stupid. I actually do like it when, when it, when it works, when I ask it to work. But the feature where you can hold down the command key for a second and get a list of shortcuts in an application, it still event sometimes pops up when you're trying to use voiceover commands like VO command H or L or whatever on a web page yeah. or when you're trying to Yikes. use the rotor without using QuickNav. I don't use QuickNav all the time. No. I don't. I, it's not because I have a problem with it. I'm just not – I just don't think about it. I just – I have VO command on my keyboard, and it's just what I use. And so I really am getting annoyed at the fact that those keyboard hints are still popping up over what I'm trying to do occasionally when I try to use VO commands. And I I don't think I would want them to completely disable it when voiceover's on, but I, I also... I I don't even know if there, how that would be fixed. I just I wish it would be fixed somehow. Because Double tap and hold be, command. Maybe. But could it detect if you were hitting other keys aside from just the command key and simply not happen? Is that something you can do? Probably. Because I think that would be the best way to go about it. For consistency, anyway. But still, I would like to see that be fixed. Like, permanently. I want to see more... Well, okay. The big thing I also want to see is Xcode for iPad. That would make me very yes. happy. That would make me want to get an iPad right there. Oh, and how about fixing your cell coordinates in VoiceOver with numbers for iOS? It's not really an iOS thing. That's more of a fixing numbers thing. Mm -hmm. True, but haven't they released new versions of apps uh, around WWDC? They have, but they also I've seen several versions throughout the year as well. Yeah, I guess it's true because I did, I did get an update not all that terribly long ago, but still, they should fix that. Allison, what would you like to see at WWDC? My biggest complaint for a lot of years has been that Siri is just dead useless to me, practically. Beyond sending the odd text message, doing a reminder, um, and uh, some dictation tasks, it just doesn't do anything for me. Not compared to uh, the various other assistants in my home. Um, it's been around longer than any of them, and it's simply not not on par it's not smart enough it doesn't know enough about me it doesn't have enough access to enough of my information to make itself relevant i can't use it um, within or to control apps um, i have so many so many problems with siri um, and even the things that it does it doesn't do particularly well i can't use it consistently for dictating text messages because it falls down on that i cannot use it consistently for reminders because it gets those wrong so it can't even do what it's supposed to do that well after, what, now seven years? Seven years we've had Siri almost. And um, it's just really been the biggest disappointment um, of my switch to Apple has been just the, the dumpster fire that is Siri. I think it'd be cool if it had some sort of a, and maybe it would be something you could turn on or turn off with some kind of conversation mode so that you could say something like um, trigger alert, possibly. You know, hey Siri, what's the weather today? And then it would read you the weather, and then you could be like, without having to say, hey, Siri, again, 
how will it be tomorrow? Scott, how about you? What what are you excited about or want to see? I'd like to see, and I think that there are rumors that this might be coming, uh, in Notification Center where notifications for various apps such as news apps or any weather apps that you might have would end up being grouped together. That would be a really nice thing to have. That way you don't have to worry about, okay, you have a Twitter notification here, a Facebook notification here, and either an AP News or Fox News or whatever news app you have notification down at the end of your notifications. It would be nice to have them all grouped uh, by app. I think it would be much cleaner to read through that kind of stuff. If they do that, I really hope they make the app names headings. That would be cool. And fix heading support, because there are places where you should be able to navigate by heading in iOS, I think, and you can't. It does not make sense to me. Absolutely. (laughs) Good point. Yeah, you know, Android has that feature already, and it's pretty cool. I don't care for the Android implementation as much, but I hope Apple does a really good job of that. So I'm kind of excited about that, too. I'll get into what I would like to see, but Aaliyah, what are you excited about or hope to see at WWDC? I think a lot of what I want has been said already. I think Siri is just not intelligent. Mm. Siri, um, while it's great on my HomePod, I just, I don't know. I think the Echo's got it beat and Google Assistant's got it beat and there's a long way to go. And I think Apple needs to start down that road or risk losing the market. And if they haven't already. And so there's that. There's, you know, all the stuff I've talked about for iOS 12. I would, I'm excited to see what's going to happen to the Mac. And I don't know. I'm interested in what this Project Star thing is, if it's anything at all. Me too, actually. I think it'd be really cool. I would totally go to an Apple store to see it. And I will just say now that if anybody asks me what I would like them to fix for Mac OS in this particular version of it, that would take a whole nother show for me to get through. Basically, almost everything about voiceover. That's the short version. My wants are pretty big. (laughs) I mentioned a few earlier, but I want to still see a customizable home screen with widgets and different folder support, being able to not have them all just be stacked the way they are. I want to see an infinite scrolling home screen. That would be cool where you can customize that in an infinite scroll dock and have notifications be customizable as far as color, different things like that. I want to see in iOS 12, the ability to do, uh, you know, they talked about that's something we didn't cover earlier is the rumor that NFC might be unlocked. So to, be able to do more with that and just the ability to do more as app developers be able to interact with other apps be able to to do more and i think we're going to start seeing that so i want to go around and ask again the same question but about mac os what do y'all want to see on that so um alia what do you hope they change on the mac i think voiceover on the mac has been kind of neglected I think, too, that um, it, it's it's well past time for Apple to do something about the many, many bugs we see in voiceover on the Mac. And that, you know, people aren't using Macs as much, especially blind people aren't. 
because voiceover is so stagnant. And where there are screen readers on Windows that are constantly being updated, the Mac just doesn't have that. And we see bugs for years and years and years that never get fixed. Um, I also think Safari is no longer a go-to browser. Um, you have to use Google Chrome on the Mac if you want to get much of anywhere. And that's that's unfortunate, too. Um, but, you know, in terms of... I don't know. I just... I, I would like to see a, a bit of a refresh. Um making cleaning things up a bit on the mac i agree that's why i switched that's one of the reasons the main reason i switched to to windows was number one i didn't feel that the macbook pros were powerful enough um, for what you got and i hated the new keyboard and number two voiceover is just it's it's turning into the world's biggest joke in the screen reader market at least on the mac Honestly, I've been so frustrated with voiceover issues that I can't think of anything outside of voiceover that I would be excited to see changed in in macOS right now, which is very sad to me. Except, actually, I did think of one thing, and maybe somebody knows why this is the way it is and can explain it to me because it's never made sense. Why is it that we can cut text with Command-X and paste it in places, but files work completely differently where you copy it to the clipboard, go to your folder, and then hit Command-Option-V if you want to move it. Why can't we just hit Command-X on files and I agree. move it where you want? I know yeah, there are ways to glaring. make that happen, but I just don't understand why macOS doesn't do that by default. I do not know. I've always wondered that myself. Maybe one day we'll get an answer. So let's talk about watchOS 5. We haven't heard any rumors about that, have we, guys? Nope. Not no. a one. Not That's a single crazy. One. I want music yeah. to be able to be played out of my watch speaker. Yes. I do too. I want and any a... audio to be able to be played out of my watch speaker. I want to be able well, to yeah. play an audible book or anything that anything that I could play on my phone. Mm-hmm. I do too. Good point. Although who who would not be surprised if 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 Apple did have that be a thing that you would need the Series Three to use it, even though that wouldn't make sense to me. Or the next watch after the Series Three? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I honestly wonder, for the watches that are like, you know, the Series 3 watches and the watches that have the Siri voice, unless it's a code thing, why it is that they don't just use, voiceover doesn't just use the Siri voice like it does on the HomePod, why it still uses Samantha Compact. And for that matter, why are we still using Compact voices on the watch anyway? Is it because they're too slow to support the enhanced ones? Agreed. I mean, I could see it on... The old Series Zero I used to have, but not on my. Yeah, I could almost kind of two. see it on the Series Two because I mean, unless it's just that I Watch OS is really slow. Sometimes oh, my Series Two is really slow now, and it doesn't last <laughs> for more than about twenty four hours before it dies. But I mean, yeah. Well, you know, the I Series Zero rotor on the watch. The Series Zero only lasted about fifteen to seventeen hours. It was crazy, yeah. right? And. They've really gone a long way in making those watches last a long time. Uh, yeah, I think mine can last over 24 hours, actually. The interesting but. thing I want to see, is, and there's talk about this, and I I will jump on this and make them, is I want to see third-party watch faces. That would oh, be yes. amazing. That would be Absolutely. sweet. I will make watch faces like crazy for watches. It'll be fun. That would be awesome. Uh, that that's one of the things that they really need because other watches do that. The other thing is, if y'all haven't noticed, apps on Apple Watch are dying. 
Like, there's been several that have just gone away because people don't use them. And yes. I think that people are realizing people don't use those. So if they could make audio come out of the speaker, I think apps would come back because we need that. If you're going to have a, a smartwatch like this, it needs to have those features. Samsung does. WhatsApp. WhatsApp for Apple Watch. That would be cool. Oh my goodness. That would be a game changer. Oh, totally. Doesn't WeChat work with the Apple Watch? Yes. So it could be done. So we know it can be done. And perhaps in time, live chat on Apple Watch. That's right. Heck so. Yeah. It'll be great. I think, I think the only worry I have about third-party watch faces is just, I mean, obviously, Michael, you're exempt from my worry here, but how voiceover is going to behave if we end up with watch faces it doesn't read for whatever reason. Got a simple answer for that. Just don't use that watch face. <laughs> well, obviously, but if you don't know it until you've installed it, that it doesn't work. Hopefully it would still let you swipe out of it or at least well, well yeah, I guess you, you could, could press it the, the app, app button the, the the side button the you know the digital crown and go in settings or wherever you had to go and just remove it. Well, has anybody ever seen an inaccessible app completely make your phone not work when voiceover's on and you have to end up rebooting it to get out of it? No. I have that yeah, tells me that tells me that something's going on a little bit more than just voiceover and accessibility there. Well, whatever it is, it's been my main worry for watch faces, for third-party watch faces, because obviously these watches are not known for their quickness in starting up again. I think it's the next po area that Apple needs to go to. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. So Apple Watch is their last big thing that they've done. TV, the, TV, the Apple TV has been great, but I think the Apple Watch has been their latest revolutionary product. So do you guys think that we will see something revolutionary, something that will be a game changer from Apple this year? I hope so. Let I want something to give them a shot in the arm and to restore my faith in the company. Yeah, let me be a curmudgeon and say probably not. Me being an Apple fan, that um, that kind of hurts my heart to say that. I would tend to agree as much as it hurts my soul and as much as I want to see something big and revolutionary come out either at WWDC or not long after WWDC. I just, I'm afraid we're not going to see anything. I really don't know that we're going to see anything game-changing. Yes, we'll see you know, new hardware in September, but I don't know that it's going to be anything as flashy as it was this last go-around with the iPhone 10, There will probably be some changes with that, but that's another show for another time. Well, I think we could see something in the AR slash VR realm. And I know for a lot of you guys that's not a big thing, but for low vision to sighted folks, that's exciting. Uh, to have an Apple VR device, that would be incredible. But it's not going to solve fundamental problems. It's just going to add something else that's shiny to try to cover up the fundamental problems. But at the same time, it is where Apple has to go next. Uh, you know, Google is there. Samsung is there. Apple has to be there too. So I'm very curious to see what they do in that space. And, you know, they're, real, they're making great efforts towards AR and VR. So I'm curious what they're going to do 
And, you know, guys, this might just be the thing. Apple has to realize where its strengths and weaknesses are. And we may see a reduction in the Mac. We may see a reduction in some of these areas where they're not doing so great. Shoot, in a few years, we may not have Macs. We might just have iPads. It might just be an iOS world. Because, let's face it, Chromebooks and Windows machines are still doing pretty good. So... Apple may make some tough decisions that we may not like. Let's face it, they've done, we've already seen this. Let's look at their routers. Uh, as sad as yeah, I am to see those sad. go, they're gone. And, you know, we could look at that for things down the road. Now, at least they're still supported, though. They are. But Windows for 7 now. is still supported. Keep that in mind. So, here's the question, though. If we had an iPad that was iPad that was MacBook Pro quality that could run Final Cut, that could run Logic, that had Finder. I don't think I would be if if Apple can get iOS to the point of being as I don't want to say useful because I don't know if that's quite the right word. Maybe it is, but I'll go with it because that's all I got right now. <laughs> so if Apple could get iOS to be as useful and as as functional as macOS is in those areas, then I would not be sad. As it stands right now, for me personally, while I love my iPad Pro, it just would not be able to replace my Mac. As much as I think it would be so cool if it could, it can't. Well, and the presentation of the Mac just has things that iOS just can't do yet, like your desktop. iOS doesn't have a desktop. And that's kind of a big issue. Like, there's no way you could put files on your home screen. Now, wouldn't that be a neat addition to iOS 12 or iOS 13? Files on your home screen. I just that thought that would be cool. That would be a game changer, I think. Files on your home screen and default apps where you could set that what would app would open them. That would make iOS a more competitive platform. Because then you could put files and folders on your desktop and have them saved into iCloud Drive. Now, let's also, now that I'm going down this rabbit hole of thought, let's see what, let's compare what Apple has done to the Mac last year. I think it was last year, it might have been the year before, where they moved your documents folder and your desktop to iCloud Drive. Is that the Synced precursor? Across Mac and iOS. Is that the precursor to having a desktop of documents that is synced with iCloud Drive? I'm going to even take that a step further. If Apple, and this is one thing I think Apple needs to do, I think they need to upgrade their free plan. I think five gigabytes is too small nowadays Way to give small. to people for free. I think 20 gigabytes would be actually pretty nice for free if they wanted to compete with like Google Drive and other services like it well i guess it's called google one now but anyway what if for plans that were big enough to support it you could actually do time machine backups to icloud drive on your mac possibly but i mean i do see some downsides to that and i wouldn't want them to remove the ability to back up to a network drive or a, a usb drive but i think if you have the space for it it would be interesting to be able to do time machine backups to icloud drive but wouldn't it be interesting to be able to have your desktop on an iOS, on an iPhone or an iPad? That 
would make continuity 2.0 that would be yeah. a game changer guys <laughs> that to me that that would be so cool though. that would be a game changer right there uh, android can do certain things like that but i don't think you could actually put your files on your home screen i could be wrong but that would be cool I bet there's a way some launcher allows you to do it somewhere or if not it'll be created soon Thanks, iAccessibility, for giving us this idea to make this new product. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, do we have any final comments for sure this time before we wrap up the show? Um, I just want to say that while yes, we have kind of talked a little negative about Apple this episode. As I've said time and time again, the reason that I'm willing, as an Apple liking person, to talk negatively against Apple is because I care about them. I want them Absolutely. to get better. I really do. I'm not just saying what I'm saying just to be a jerk. I'm saying it because I feel that it needs to be said and it needs to be listened to. And I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about all of us here. Because we all want Apple to be a better company. Yep. And I'm still definitely excited about Apple Christmas. Definitely. I would totally agree with Jason. I think those of us who are using Apple as much as we all do on here, we we want to continue to see Apple succeed, continue to do better, continue to bring out better products, both on the hardware side and the software side. So when we say the things that we do that may not be as positive as people might like, it's because we do want them to continue to keep moving forward. This has been a great episode, folks, and I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. So to wrap us up, Aliyah, where can people find you online and what have you been working with this week? This week, I have rediscovered a game that I was very into before I got my 7 Plus and lost all my progress and my Time Crystals. Yes, folks, I am talking about Time Crest, a text-based adventure that also has sound uh, mainly music and a few sound effects but it's a choose-your-own-adventure type game it's very uh, very much structured and you pick what happens to this character and you're trying to help him essentially save his land from imminent destruction by meteors so um, I forget even how much this costs I know it is a paid app to begin with is it? and I think so. If it is, it wasn't very expensive, like a buck yeah, ninety nine or something bucks. like that. It's not, yeah, it's not horrible. Yeah. And there are in-app purchases, but at, but the in-app purchases are not necessary to the completion of the game. They only allow you to speed things along. So I think it's a very fair game. It's also fully accessible, extremely addictive, and I am hooked on it again. And um, I. I'm about to go play it again after this podcast. What? Did I say that? And anyway. I think I might actually start it after the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Was it, was it me who told you about it or not? I don't remember. Maybe you told me about we it. we were talking about it on the beta group last... On Roger, I think. A couple years ago. Yeah! Somebody had mentioned it on Roger and I downloaded it. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And then somebody totally spoiled it on Roger. And... I was mad, but anyway, um, 
You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me with any feedback or things like that at Leah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter where I'm currently ranting about obnoxiousness at Apple at BlindCowGirl199. Jason, where can people find you online and also tell us about what you're playing with this week? As far as what I'm playing with this week, I'm not exactly rediscovering my keyboard, but after taking a break from using my keyboard that I have with my iPad Pro, which is the Logitech Slim Combo Case with keyboard, my pick is going to be the keyboard because, oh my gosh, my iPad kind of feels like a brand new machine now that I have a keyboard again. I mean, being able to type in apps accurately and quickly is just amazing. And that's nothing against flick type, by the way, but I love the fact that I have a keyboard again. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Twitter at JDE91. You can also search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. Scott, where can people find you online and what is your pick for this week? I'm going to go to a food app that has really been great over the last several weeks with me working remotely from home and needing to get lunch on occasion when I don't want to eat what's in the house. And that app is Grubhub. There are other ones such as DoorDash, which was featured by Jason in IACast81. Uh, Uber Eats is another one. But uh, Grubhub has a great selection of restaurants near me, many different types of cuisine, and they even take Apple Pay. So that is an absolute plus for Grubhub. Uh, great app, fully accessible. Check it out. And as far as where people can find me, people can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at scott at iAccessibility.net. You can also follow me on Twitter. Just search for Scott Van Gorp. And you can also find me on Facebook. Just search for Scott Heidi Van Gorp. Allison, what do you have for us this week, and where can people find you? Well, I'd love to feature my guide dog, Gary, who is currently bouncing all around because he knows it's almost the end. Good boy, lay down. And as far as my pick, I have rediscovered a really fun game, um, actually several games in one, in the Dice World app. I play every game except for Ballot or Balut or however you want to pronounce it so if you would like to challenge me to yet another game on dice world so that i can level as quickly as possible my username is allison capital a l l i s o n 858 that's allison 858 and you can find me contributing content to iaccessibility you can email me at allison a l l i s o n at iaccessibility.net and to find out the zillion and one other projects i'm involved with you can follow me on twitter at hot for technology that's hot the number four technology my pick this week is a new device i got and i've gotten to play with these a lot because we have loads of them at my work and that is the ipod touch it is such a versatile device it's a handheld magnifier it's a book reader it's a gaming console it's a anything you want it to be it's an amazing device and it's two years old uh came out in 2016 it's amazing what they can do 
and I highly, you know, $200 gets you iOS. You could throw the beta on there if you want, and it's just a nice little device. I got one to help uh, do some trainings on and for demos and different things, and just very impressed with the iPod Touch. I love it. And believe it or not, it runs iOS 11 pretty well, so it's great. But if you want to find me, you can find me contributing content to iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter. On Facebook, I'm Michael Doeys. Just do a search. And I also have my website at MichaelDoeys.com. All right. If you want to find iAccessibility, you can at iAccessibility.net. We are iAccessibility1 on Twitter. You can email us feedback at feedback at iAccessibility.net. And we also have our nice iOS app uh, for iAccessibility. Just do a search for us. We have our premium content at patreon.com slash iacast where you can hear outtakes of these episodes and you can get the raw episodes like while the whole recordings and also a new show we've started the ia unplugged podcast where you can listen to us talk about topics that we probably wouldn't say on our regular shows so uh, there might be drinking involved and all kinds of fun so uh, patreon.com slash iacast check us out we have a tumblr page we have a youtube and we're all over the place so just search, do a google search for iaccessibility there's some others out there claiming to be us but we are the best so uh, check us out online we'd love to hear from you from our feedback email and we're very excited to keep doing different things for you guys so our show is great we love it 83 episodes in this one's now done, and we're excited for episode 84 next week. So we'll see you guys then, and I want to thank everybody that stayed on the stream and everybody who subscribes to our show. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, and Michael Doeys.